Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, since it's National Waffle Day, we should look up to see if the $10,000 Rosedale shopping spree would involve a swing through Nordic waffles. Well, I think you can, maybe you can buy anything you want with it. I don't know. Well, if you want to win Mm -hmm. a $10,000 Rosedale shopping spree or a trip to Disney World or an ATV or a personal watercraft or some diamond stud earrings, basically the prize of your choosing, you have till tomorrow to register on the app. And today at 520 and tomorrow at 520, we're going to announce... A $100 winner, and that person is going to also be eligible for Tuesday's drawing for that big grand prize. All right. Good. So we are about 15 minutes away from announcing today's name. Thank you, Rocco. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Julia, I got to share with you, Roger Friedman, you know, he he really has not been liking the Nat Geo Aretha Franklin right, series. Right. He apparently was dear friends with Aretha Franklin. I'd be curious to know, know what that. Tanya Hart... Oh, also would have oh, known. Why don't we? Aretha. Yes. Okay. But he just said, you know, he posted today because Aretha would have been 79. Apparently, Aretha is a gal after my own heart. Loved celebrating her birthday. She oh. every year she would have a huge party. Lots of celebrities, musicians, laughter, cake, always lots of cake, friends, toast. One of her favorite birthday party spots was the Ritz-Carlton on Central Park South, formerly the St. Moritz. She loved turning the lobby tea room into a private party spot. Plenty of people flew in from Detroit. A lot of happiness. Happy, happy birthday, Aretha. You survived the mini-series. Your legacy (laughs) continues. So I think... I think, you know, if nothing else, I mean, I guess for for us, it's rediscovering Aretha's 100% music. 100% in her story. But the, the family is mad because we're getting a cherry-picked story of and course. not complete. But, like, they're ignoring, like he said, you know, a period in the 80s, she, they didn't include her boyfriend or Luther Vandross. And they were huge parts of her life. So, I mean, he's like, really knew her, like sure. the family did. But I think... It's in any to, documentary, in any television show, they can't do right. everything. They're going to pick and choose. And, 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 and Cynthia, some of them will always be disappointed. And Cynthia was picked by Aretha for the Kennedy Center right. honors. And Jennifer Hudson is going to see her in the movie. Right. And now I think this has my interest for sure I'm going to the movie. Of course. Right. 
So anyway, so all of that really, good. like you said, it it has made us really be more curious about her music and the earlier stages. It makes stages. me love her even more, more than I more. thought I knew. More. Anyway, okay, so listen to this. I gotta just share. Let's just call them the um, um, I don't know, maybe the Academy of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Stunts, stunting, because okay. their whole directive about the Oscars. Um, maybe they should just take the science part out because they're holding an in-person only ceremony in the middle of a pandemic. Of a pandemic, and when I say the middle, it's because CNN, you guys, is reporting that in the U.S., thirteen percent of the population have been fully vaccinated. So. We want to get to like 80. Right. And so, yes, we're even saying in the middle, but um, probably 98% of Hollywood has been vaccinated, vaccinated yep. knowing how that uh, works. But last week, when they said they will not allow any nominees to accept any awards remotely, you have to be in person to pick up your Oscar, which is going to be at Union Station in downtown LA. And the thing that the Oscars is once again doing the Academy is that here they have a, a nominees that uh, history making nominations from people from all over the place and people are coming in from other countries. There's quarantine things that might be sure. happening at either side of it with hotels and other people because you've and got you people. know how much a hotel room is during award season i mean they, they even in a pandemic you yeah. know they'll, they'll boost it up of course because they haven't had any occupancy for a year and it's already been such a sideways year for the uh movies. movie business yeah it's a weird call to get so precious that you must come in person like emma Fennell, who did promising young woman and who plays um Camilla in season four of The Crown. Right. She wrote that she's nominated for, you know, director, best yes, female director, is. one yes. of two. She lives in England, but and because of the restrictions, she can't come. Right. And they said, no, we won't throw to that's a Zoom. Re- that's just ridiculous. So you can be sitting in your fabulous hotel room and, uh, you know, like, look at how great Carrie Mulligan looked in there. She looked great. It's, it seems so small, small and petty. They have a hard time. I think with a lot of things, the Academy, they take themselves so seriously. Yeah. I, I think they've done a good job in adding a more diverse group of people. I mean, they've de- expanded I mean, that's it. Fine, but-, but it's a weird call. And the producer, it's Steven Soderbergh. He's a new producer. It's all being produced. But last year had the lowest ratings to date. It's their second year with no hosts. And bring back Billy Crystal. It's going to be a nearly empty train station. Mm -hmm. And they do have a lot of different places. And people also are saying one source with lots scores of nominees said around the globe said the cost of hotel stays for two weeks. Oh, can you imagine? Would bankrupt some of the smaller production companies and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, apparently they're getting our movie. Yeah. They're getting a lot of pushback and they're also asking $2 million for 30 second ad. Wow. Yeah. But I wow. don't know that people are paying that. Here, Here is, I think, <laughs> the bigger problem is that, um, you know, the, Let gra- the, Grammys, the Grammys is about music. Yeah. So you see performances. You see music performances. But the Emmys and the Oscars, 
you want a personality to tr- take you through the evening because it's long and there's yes. boring awards and it twists and it goes over here. You want someone to guide you who's funny, yes. who can keep it light and have fun while they shoot to the clips. But you want a constant stream. You don't yeah. want to be interrupted and have a disjointed thing. I think they're being really silly. But they again, they take themselves extremely yeah, seriously. Very, very, very mm-hmm. much so. Kind of yeah. like we do. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Johnny? We're, we're, we're so serious that... Rocco, I, I don't know why you wouldn't let us see you all day today on our little YouTube video. Um, I forgot my vintage clothing today. I felt ashamed. Oh, oh my. If I'm that just, is how we're going to. He okay, doesn't mean a word Because seriously, <laughs> I look like hell every day on this thing. Yeah. And you are you worried. good. No, I don't. Yeah. And you're, uh, the thing you're worried about is not in effect today. What one was that? The oh. part about, be, you know, oh, being, being too busty. Yes. Yeah. That's because I wore a white shirt with with eyelashes on top of my breast so to take you your eye up. Vixen. Mm. <laughs> you little vixen. And if anything, it's drawing attention. No, it's taking your eye up. Mm. I stood today too, so I'm shorter and you can't see me behind the high corner. No, I think <laughs> you're looking to work Rinder. Radio Tinder. Right here on our YouTube. Then I better try harder. I need to yeah. up my okay. game because it's not working. Um, all right, well, just as long as we're on there. Rinder Radio Tinder. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to today's edition of Radio Tinder. It's Rinder. So next week will be the first time we've ever watched the SAG Awards. We're usually backstage oh, at the we've SAG Awards. We've never seen the complete never seen show, the show since before we went. That's right. And, and so it's Makes next Sunday. Makes us very sad. It's next Sunday. One hour only. It's two hours. Oh, they are. It is a two-hour oh. show. and they But they're not going to have a, a life Ach- life achievement award this year first time in 40 years and it's not that anyone was you know, not deserving this year of all years but uh they just decided you know they really like to honor the person in person and we've met so many amazing people and they just said it didn't seem like something that you want to make someone of a certain age travel across the country if they don't live in la to go to well they're not even doing this because this is all like the the way this the the way they've done it it's a pre-taped it's a pre-taping and they did get it down to one hour I told you yeah, it was one hour, 13, but I knew you yeah. didn't listen, and yeah. I just kept going. Look well, at initially, it was going to be two hours. <laughs> She's lying. No, it was initially, because oh. it always is a two-hour show. I know, but they made the de- right. declaration it was just going to be one hour. It's going to be... That's it. So anyway, no, no, no. They don't have time. And then if Michael Keaton wins for Chicago 7, uh, he would break a, a record. All right, well, what, what would the record be? A SAG ensemble would be like his... Um, what the hell... 55th Ensemble. Something like all that. All right. He's, um, I don't know. I didn't read it all, but if we have anyone on for the SAG, <laughs> we got to ask him about this. <laughs> if anyone read the whole press release, call us. We, right. we have a lot of stuff going on here today. Oh, Lord. It's been a lot. Uh, Johnny Depp, uh, he lost oh. his appeal. Um, the, the Johnny Depp bots are very busy today on Twitter. But How can you tell it's a bot, Lori? Um, and what does that mean when you just say that whole line, the Johnny Depp bots? There's a consistency to what they say. You know, it's not unheard. I mean, the Kardashians have bots. You buy bot programs to push whatever your, your PR story is. Story is right. Okay. All right. So, so there's an exorbitant amount. Yes, there's this whole justice for Johnny, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I mean, basically... You know, Johnny Depp, um, you know, went went to court uh, basically to, to say overturn. Well, yeah, 
he went to court to overturn because Dan Wooten, a columnist for the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail that was denied Derek Chauvin right. media access, that Dan Wooten had like an had an interview with Amber Heard, and he was basically calling out Johnny Depp as a wife beater and called him a wife beater in the story and in the headline. And Dan Wooten is like Mike. What's that guy at the Inquirer that we used oh, to read? Mike. Um. Not Mike Wallace. Yeah, Mike, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. This, or you know, a uh, Cindy Adams yes. type, very highly read. So Johnny Depp sued the Daily Mail for calling a wife him a wife beater, but then the UK libel court found, well, there were at least twelve times as they were airing all of their horrible laundry. They were just horrible together. Right. That yo, yes, Johnny Depp. Credibly, we believe Amber that you. Smacked her around. We were physical with her through, you know, 12 times. And we can call you a wife beater. So he appealed that. Right. Because there was new information that Amber Heard lied and said she donated the amount of money that she received in their divorce immediately to these two different charities, which she didn't. And guess what? The judge said that's got nothing to do with you being abusive. Who cares? You got a just trial. It's got nothing to it do. Doesn't. It doesn't. Except for her, us to know more that she's a liar. And he's got a defamation yep. thing with her here. It was dumb on his part. Everything he's done is dumb. But it also makes me feel like he is still like being abusive towards her. That he's he doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. And so this is the part. And I don't know why he hasn't checked into Hazel and Betty for it. I for don't. Like a I year. really don't know. I mean, this man is struggles with reality. It, it was Amber Heard's her settlement from you, Johnny Depp, was seven million dollars. I maybe that hurt you to pay that. I don't flip a no. But what she said, she was giving it all to charity. But that's neither here nor there. If she has or hasn't, I mean, to the he fact that they found twelve those twelve. Yeah. Well, times, well, it just, uh, yeah, yeah, <gasps> yeah. Oh, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. All right, look at the time. It's time, time for to get more dirty with the Dirt Alert. We'll be right back. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hello, Holly. Greetings. Greetings on this Thursday. Yes, let's talk about Kelly Clarkson. Oh, okay. I watched her show she had Gwyneth yesterday. Yes, and that's who we're going to be talking about. Gwyneth Paltrow and Kelly Clarkson. So they sat down for a conversation, and they were talking about co-parenting, divorce, all of that kind of stuff. And in this conversation, Kelly Clarkson revealed that she cannot imagine mm-hmm. ever getting married again. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, and, you know, admittedly, Kelly Clarkson in this conversation with Gwyneth Paltrow was like, you know, I am literally amidst a divorce. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, she's right in the middle <laughs> right. of it. And she's like, you've been married for two years, Gwyneth, and it's amazing that you found love and you found the space and the vulnerability and that level to say yes and do it again. And she asked if it was hard for Gwyneth Paltrow. And Gwyneth Paltrow admitted it's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. You know, she's so full of crap. Um, <laughs> oh, Lord, Gwyneth Paltrow. No, no, because she gave another interview where she said, I never wanted to not be married to the father of my kids, theoretically. So, you know, marriage theoretically is fine, but in practice, not really. Because, I mean, she she was forced to get a divorce, you guys, which only happened after she started banging Brad Falchuk on the set of Glee and had to get divorced because he was married to somebody else. At the, uh, they never talk I about know. the fact that those no, two had an affair. Nobody. What's interesting is that when they do talk about the relationship, Gwyneth Paltrow and Brad Falchuk, they kind of allude to the some of that drama in as much as that his kids, it seems like they basically want nothing to do with Gwyneth Paltrow. Well, they had that to have two separate houses. Right. Initially yeah. they didn't, but I think that's I mean, too bad. She would be, like, she's like, also gave an interview, like, how she suffered getting an Oscar, how it was just so exhausting and <laughs> hard for her. And, you know, I mean, my God, and it's... Uh, yeah, she said she hid at her parents' house for a week because she was embarrassed that she won an Oscar. I mean... She, who, who is embarrassed from winning an Oscar? Gwyneth yeah, Paltrow? I mean... <laughs> all right, that's just silly. And then she basically put it all in, don't worry, everybody, I got an even better husband, even though he was married to someone else and no one talks about that. And she could talk about that. She could, like, give some honesty to that. Mm-hmm. It does happen. Is she doing these interviews to plug the Botox stuff? Yes, I oh, think she geez. is. It, But the, she's going on everyone's show, basically, like, gabbing like a girlfriend. But everything she says is so exhausting. Sure. Yeah, right. She's doing this relatable thing, but then when she's trying to be relatable, in fact, she's the oh, furthest thing oh, from yeah. being I'm relatable. So, I'm so tired of the money and the acclaim and the handsome men and the attention and the beautiful gowns. You guys, it's so hard and mean. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so mm. we're trying to figure out what she's even out promoting. Yeah, no, that's so, what she's so, having, the friendship conversations, and then they're working wrinkles in naturally. Oh, I see, because we're not supposed to be ashamed about servicing our faces, right, according it, to yeah, her. It, and, it's know. just she really, don't worry, Orlando Bloom, Gwyneth is still the most out-of-touch, mockable celebrity. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, because Orlando Bloom's uh, daily activities, <laughs> as told in the Sunday Times, that was painful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He likes to build Legos. You know, I read a blind item about him that in movies, when there would be movie uh, junkets, they only had Orlando do stuff that was movie specific. Oh. Because he's just not good. He's all over the board. He's not good good. on the fly. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, know your strengths, yeah, right? right? Mm-hmm. Lean into that. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson is talking to the magazine The Gentlewoman, Ugh. and she said she's made a career out of past controversies, and she was off mark, saying that everyone has a hard time admitting when they're wrong about stuff, and for all that to come up publicly 
it can be embarrassing. So I think that she is alluding to some of the things such as uh, her casting in Ghost in the Shell, which was highly criticized, uh, her being a white woman playing a character that is Asian, right? Mm -hmm. And that she was going to be playing uh, a trans man in a movie she pulled out of that movie. And And likened it to playing a tree. Yes, she did. Oh, remember that? Good memory. Very good memory. Also, her defense of working with Woody Allen. And I just finished season four or episode four of that. And Scarlett Johansson is in as one of the talking heads of Holly. I mean, didn't you watch that, Holly? Yes, I watched the whole Allen versus Farrow. I mean, there's no way you don't believe Dylan Farrow. It's unbelievable Mm -hmm. what Woody Allen got away with. And it's kind of I thought it was interesting, that whole psychological analysis about how celebrities even how the system protects itself and how people don't want to ever believe anything bad about someone they really like right right it is really fascinating in that last episode of alan versus yeah too you know the inside the working of his pr person and yes. how aggressive they pressure news organizations and you won't get you won't get this person you won't get that one and i i brad pitt is doing a little that of that with the uh divorce with angelina because he is the one who has the big black stinky cloud of being investigated but for physical abuse and having to see his kids under tutelage of a supervisor just until six months ago that's four years of supervised visits. So mm-hmm. he's the one who's playing the dirty PR game right now. Yeah. And, I, you know, who knows what PR company he's working with yeah. and what their client list is like. But like TMZ isn't yeah. covering it and People isn't covering it. You're right. Yeah. You know, the only places that we get Brad and Angelina gossip is from Us Weekly, yep. which is definitely a junior varsity team in the world yeah. of celebrity gossip. You're right. Yeah, so it's. I think they're just kind of trying to, it's a diversionary tactic, and that's why they had Woody Allen go out and give interviews and do even more interviews. Man, you know, and it's one of those things, (sighs) talking about Allen versus Farrah, where it puts it into perspective when you watch a supercut of the coverage of the story and the talking points across the board from all these news outlets are pretty much And celebrities. And celebrities. And celebrities. And all these actors that he worked with, and they deliberately like were making sure these actors were being asked about it. Wow. Because I think, you know, Woody Allen that, you know, what's her name? Diane Keaton dated is a very different man than the Woody Allen 20 years after she dated him. Of course. Obviously. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. Holly, thank you so much. No, you're welcome. good today. Okay. I am so happy to bring you this theory. Should we be afraid? No, no, you should be Brock, very are you happy. No, I, I really, I really am. I just can't even tell you. I was thrilled. Okay, give to, it to us to read this theory. Okay, and it, that is that um, uh, people who owned pets felt healthier this year after the year of lockdown due to their pet. Ninety three percent of people said they don't know what they would have done if they hadn't had their pets. They have so much appreciation. Even people who just adopted, and there were a lot of new... Tons of um, puppy parents. And cat, cat and whatever parents. parent. You know, a lot of people got animals, and um, they just absolutely... It helped their overall well-being in the last year. 93% You know why? People. 
it forces you to get out and move. Mm-hmm. It, they, animals, well, if, if you have a dog. Yeah. But if you have a cat, I mean, it's just companionship. I mean, there were some lonely dark nights it's in there. It's a huge boost to your mental health. Yes. In fact, um, when people um, have mental health issues mm-hmm. and when they're preparing to leave, like if they've been at a facility or even if they've left like a, like a sober place or rehab, right. one of the first click, uh, questions that caseworkers and counselors will usually ask is do you have a pet at home i didn't know that hmm. yeah well think about when because you see an animal how excited you get it, it helps if it's not a cat but it helps maintain <laughs> equilibrium for people it's a balance it's a you know i've got to take care of it's just another thing that's a good thing to know about what someone is doing when they're going home from someplace so that's it, why they ask it that's interesting. It gets you out of yourself, too. And now the animals are going to be able to go back into the senior care centers and stuff and do oh. in the hospitals and be able to do the dog therapy and everything because people have really missed that. Oh, I'm sure. So um, anyway, so I'd love, I, you know, that that's a theory that we can just... Mr. Whiskers and Ms. Woofers are just making <laughs> people happy everywhere. You know, I mean, Rocco, you have a cat. No, I know uh, two, not anymore. No. Not anymore. Yeah, but I know two people adopted. Yeah, we did ton I, of people rescued? around here yeah. adopted and rescued. And they're so happy. I, I questioned it so many times. Right. But, but luckily I, you would meet a guy and then that would take care of that. <laughs> no, it's now true. I need to adopt again though. Well, but every time you were like mad at, you know, somebody or something, you know, you would talk about the animal and then as yeah. soon as somebody had you know, triggered. I don't want. I don't want that uh, responsibility. Yeah, that. Okay, um, but now here is something that lockdown stress has done. Probably these people didn't have animals, but it's led. It's uh, it's led to making poor choices and acting recklessly because now that we're there's there's a lot of snap decisions that have gone on. Poor dating choices, instant gratification. Talking about shopping online and doing things kind of mindlessly um, because that's making you feel better. I'm betting that these people that had more lockdown stress didn't have the pet. Lori, you're so mm-hmm. funny. You're so... Well, here's what they did. This was interesting. So now this is 5,000 people, Spain, the United Kingdom, and Italy. Okay. But they had to do, because they did first and second lockdowns, which we did too. We did. Yeah. We had the mm-hmm. no, we had the November December thing. December. Right. And uh people who um people's impaired decision making abilities were impaired and their reactions were not what we might have inspected by the expected by the second one instead of being more careful because they were in a pandemic there were people of certain ages that were just taking risks. They couldn't take it anymore. They they uh they just they didn't. They, just they didn't want to make difficult choices and think about the social costs involved. Like you know, who might I be exposing? Or hurting or hurting? Blah blah mm-hmm. blah. It's just kind of it was instant gratification because that like, one oh, out. Man. I'm sick of this. Yeah, yeah, it's all yeah. About me. This was published in Scientific Reports, and it just uh, it's just it seemed what? like the world was coming to an end sometimes, and then you were just like, screw it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this or do that or, you know, whatever that might have been. But there's a lot of that. And, you know, what percentage people even for the most habitual of homebodies, just uh, just, people. Everyone had a point where I think you did that. But I think I don't think a lot of people did this. 
Well, just a lot poor choices in many different areas. Sure. Whatever. I eat a lot more Hagen dazs than I should have. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone... I had so many McFlurries one month. I was really, should have just worked. But I knew which machines worked yeah. and didn't work at McDonald's in the month of January. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I'm dead serious. No. I mean, I know which McFlurry machines mm-hmm. break down around mm-hmm. the Twin <laughs> And some people might have dated, you know, and maybe dated someone that they weren't. Or maybe other people might have made the poor choice I'm going to have like some kind of a, you know, little Facebook fling with the, fr- you know, and then you make an emotional decision on something and then you wake up a month later and you're like, what have I done? What have I done? A lot of people have done it. So I'm just trying to correct. Self-correct. Right. Okay. Self-correct. Okay. Now. Gentle kindness, as it were. Yes, mm-hmm. as it were. Now, this doesn't surprise me at all. Okay. So people are convinced they're experts on random topics all the oh, time. Oh, Lori, Lori, I'm looking at one. I'm just like, why are you laughing? I mean, Marco, how many things do we think Lori's an expert on? Everything. Everything? Yeah, just about. Lori, except for technology. True. We've yeah. got her. We, we've got that. She, no, I don't think I am on everything, but a lot of times do. my self-esteem about what I know is far it's, higher than what I know. It is. And, and it. then you just say it louder and stronger. Well, guess what? I'm not alone. Okay. <laughs> Who else is with you? Um, here's what happens. Apparently, the number one way that we lose track of time is we go down some kind of Internet rabbit Rabbit hole, wormhole, whatever you want to talk about. Sometimes it's triggered by a show that we're watching. Okay. This is why history is so often one of the top um, 10 in Google things because people watch... A show shows, and you want to verify if this is true. Like The Last something. Kingdom. We want oh. to know about the Dane-Saxon War. You oh, know, or, if people haven't watched Uhtred. Uh, what's the last historical thing you Googled? I did the Margaret Thatcher thing. Yes, Why is okay. she so hated from the crown? Rocco. Historical? Maybe the Suez Canal today. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so anyway, so they, they what they did, researchers discovered that we will spend eight minutes at least in an internet um, should we call it a, a, what should we call it? An internet... Um, rabbit hole. A rabbit hole? Yeah, why not? Okay. Or not a swimming pool or anything like that? Something more glamorous? Soapy swimming bath. Swimming pool. Hmm. Soapy bath. The internet soapy right. bath. No, whatever. <laughs> well, I feel like it doesn't have a bottom, so... It, yeah, up to five times a week you'll do this. Going down the rabbit hole mine, mine would be shoes. Okay. Sometimes. No, this is... This, this is, is specific topics. facts. Okay. Topics. And the things that people, t- uh, that they um, do, and the more time they spend, even if you spend like 10 minutes on something, you will claim to your friends to be an expert on that. Just having that sure. in 10 minutes. I have a mm-hmm. friend who has gotten a PhD in COVID. COVID, there you and go. I, and I, I <laughs> seriously, seriously, I mm-hmm. just call her. I said, I'm just calling the doctor today because yeah. I know that you know everything. Here's what, teaser. the most Googled things, entertainment. Okay. Okay. Current events, yep. Historical people and events. Mm-hmm. It's those three things are the things. There's just an incredible appetite for unstructured learning. I love. Well, this is our show, basically. Yeah, <laughs> and people become unofficial experts on all kinds of topics because usually you don't have to want wonder anymore. I know. You know. But I people know. will argue about historical events because they feel good about that because that's been something. You know, uh, and people trade th- theories, of course, politics, economics, you know, all of that yeah, stuff. Yeah. And then they'll settle it. Someone will do it by Googling. But, I mean, yeah. 
That we makes do sense. It all I the mean, time. what's your latest rabbit hole that you? Well, we do it with our job, entertainment. I mean, we go down stuff. Well, all the time. I went to Aretha Franklin. Oh yeah, you're in deep with that one. I only spent a little time. Alexander, um, not Alexander the Great. Uh, oh, what was the stupid thing that Casey made me watch? A little <laughs> bit of it was. It was on Netflix, and it was part documentary, like, and then part recreated with acting. Okay. Um, and it was about when Turkey inv- oh, wow. got invaded. Um, oh, I can't remember what the war was. But anyway, that was probably it. But I obviously... Not- I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. i an expert. I can't remember what, uh, what war it was. Yeah, it was the, ro- it was the, the Rise Catholics. of Empires? Yes, that's what it was, yeah, Rocco. Googling, yeah. Is that any good? I don't know anything about it. You know, if you are a big history buff, like Casey, Casey really is. loved it and more stuff. It was interesting because they had historians weigh in as the story was being recreated, like it's Spartacus or something right, right, with right, actors. Right, right. Okay. And it was okay, but, you know, I wanted, like... You want action. There was a lot of war, and I was like, well, where is the sex? sex? You know, mm-hmm. where there's... Where there's war, Rocco, there's sex. In the medieval <laughs> stuff, I really... Yes. Anyway, but I did Google some stuff about... Because um, I've never been to Turkey. I've never seen the Blue Mosque and the... No. Whatever you call the other thing. But I know some history about it now. You know? Put it on the list. The coolest place I've ever stood was uh, in the church, the Knights of in Malta, in the Church of Aletta, where all the Knights of Malta are buried. Hmm. under the church floor and it looks like you know you're in like some grateful dead biker you know painting it's the most bizarre thing what it all looks like right. together you know i think that would be a cool place yeah to go. and malta just in and of itself is like this looks like you're sailing into a you know a, a war zone right this is where they film troy right yeah, it's oh, remember all, that's when that that marriage. Yeah, broke up. that's just a little travel memory. <laughs> I kind of like that. So I, I segued. I liked it, Lori. Yeah, but yeah, that was kind of a that was a very war oriented place. All the history was because right. it was like in the shipping canals for everything to stop. Malta, Malta, British colony. Okay. English pounds still Thank accepted. Thank you, Lori. knows a lot about because it. Donnie was born there. Donnie was born in Malta. Yes, he was. was born Yes, he was. His mother was English. Yes. His father was American. He was a British citizen until he Mm -hmm. was like seven. So, yeah, we always um, stop on Malta. The Miracle Church. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's just amazing. Malta. Yeah. And all the the Knights of Malta. It's more Catholic than the Vatican. Yeah, it's incredible. All right. Thank you. Listen, we'll be right back uh, with whatever. Oh, I've got a great Hugh Grant story. I am so glad I got to hear that voice in person. 
And I'm so glad I'm rediscovering. We're all rediscovering all these songs. It's been an Aretha week, hasn't it, Rocco? Yeah, I got to watch that uh, Amazing Grace on Hulu. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Okay, so uh, we've had another passing. Who? Richard Gilliland, which I know you won't know his name, but he's a veteran character actor. He was Mary Jo Annie Potts' character, the boyfriend on Designing Women. That's where he met and married yes. his wife, Jean Smart, Desperate Housewives. Totally 24, know him. Yep. Lots. Oh, yes. And he was only 71, and he just was in many, 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 many things. He was just in gazillions of sitcoms, but... um. Yeah, so there you go. There is the third person, George Siegel, Jessica Walters, and now Richard. You know, Jean Smart is, she had an amazing part in um, Lovecraft Country. On HBO. Yeah. Did All you guys right. watch that? I, I, I wanted to, and then I didn't think I it wanted was getting to, as good then... of reviews as I was hoping. Uh, you think it's worth it? Well, it was, yeah. I, I You thought it was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, it it is so... She's been with him. Jean Smart has been with him forever. Yeah, they oh. met on Designing Women, yeah. and he's playing the boyfriend of Annie Potts. Oh. Designing Women's on Hulu. If you ever want to yeah, you know, watch that. All right. Speaking of which, mm-hmm. I started watching. My friend told me Mad About You with, oh. you know, the remake when the they remake came back in together. 2019. Yeah. So do you like it? It's fun. Yeah. It's I fun. love that show. And who did I tell you that George Clooney. Pulled the trick on Richard kind. kind. Okay, so when I told you the story about him pretending the cat never pooped in the in the um, cat box yeah, and then yeah, he yeah. did a human sized poop, knowing that it was Richard Kine whose couch he was sleeping <laughs> on and punking. Because if you look up Richard Kine, the man just looking at him makes you smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was on Mad About You, and he was also on. Um, I just saw him in something. Something, but he's one of those guys. Just looking at him he makes you laugh. Yeah, yeah I think he he's is on. A, I think he's on Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, he's, he's one of Larry's he's friends. Hysterical. Yeah. So knowing that that's him mm-hmm. kind of made me laugh a little bit more. So sorry to Gene. Smart. I mean, well, do you want to just hear a little of George Clooney? Yes. He obviously, has a poop thing. Okay, tell me. Well, I don't know if we want to play this, Rocco, because I don't know if we have enough time. I don't want to play have, the whole thing. Have, yeah, I'm trying to remember which one the... Um, the Nutella. Well, here, I'll tell the Hugh Grant story. Okay, so see if I can figure out which cut it's in. Then I can okay, okay, okay. We can just do it tomorrow, maybe. We'll do it tomorrow. Um, so right. Hugh Grant yesterday, somehow they decided to make a game. I don't know how. I didn't research that. That you would say a line... Hugh Grant, like I'll give you an example. Hugh okay. Grant is having trouble eating tough beef jerky. Hugh Grant. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, all right, keep going. Okay, so all these people... He's were, in Turkey, speaking of which, filming right now. Hugh Grant Yes, is? he is. Okay, well, maybe that's With how this... With his family. Um, Hugh Grant, but down under. Rue Grant. Kangaroo Grant. Okay, that's funny. Hugh Grant neglects his social duty and does not get inoculated against disease. Flu Grant. (laughs) Hugh Grant is used by campers to paddle down a river. Canoe Grant. (laughs) (laughs) It went on and on. I went down, not for eight minutes, but I tell you, I did go down a little Hugh Grant rabbit hole, but I didn't come up with any of my own. You know. All right. Well, give me which ones you went down. No, I didn't. I mean, oh, just was reading. Like, that's Hugh gonna... Grant will be here any moment. Do Grant. Okay, yeah. that's funny. Hugh Grant starring in his new Cajun cooking show. 
Rue Grant. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Anyway, I just thought, no, that was Twitter behaving in a fun manner yesterday. Totally fun. Yeah. And he is another one that just makes you smile and laugh because he's so self-deprecating. Oh, I love that man. Yeah. I hope for the SAG Awards a week from Sunday that somebody does moisturize him before he's on camera. <laughs> and if Sean Penn, same with him. I don't know what is wrong. Like, I am a snob, and I think if you're partnered up with somebody... That you, you should listen. No, you have a lover's obligation to, to moisturize, to, to tell make your sure partner that to moisturize. moisturize and eyebrows are trimmed. It's a lover's obligation. It's a lover's. <laughs> that's right, Rocco. <laughs> Damn it. I'm writing that down. Mm-hmm. A lover's obligation. You know, to and, and, and for the good, like, I always think, okay, I know, like, people have always been crazy about Marty Scorsese, but there was one girlfriend along the way who said, you know, Marty, just stand for a second, and I'll do this to you later. Let me while trim, your, I trim eyebrows. your eyebrows. No, I know. I mean, I know. I agree. As a girlfriend, a wife, you a can lover, tell some things about the eyebrows. You I can, would not yeah. be able to handle this. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to handle mm-hmm. this. I would. I would. Uh, I'd tie you up to the damn bed and fix your eyebrows. <laughs> you know, that's what I, I do. I have if told they, someone about their eyebrows. Yeah, and did they mm-hmm. listen to you? Mm-hmm. Yes, no, mm-hmm. it's a it's a sign of love and adoration. One hundred percent. And people think, leave me, get off of me, stay in your own lane. It's like I'm only doing this out of care and love. Yeah, yeah. Like I would want someone to tell me if I had like a hair coming out of the top of my nose or or in, in long one coming out of your yes, nose or, or your like ear. some long springy eyebrow hair. Or I would think whisker chin. You don't love me? What? I, I think so. Rocco, do you feel like these are areas that you would tell your wife? Um, you know, it's no. a touchy. Yeah. It's, it's the, yeah, I, hopefully there's someone out. Women, this is more gay guys and women to, to men, I think, a little bit. Yeah, all right. Sorry. Fine. You know, you got to be very careful how you do. You really tell, do. As a man. <laughs> as a man. Tell your lady. About the big whisker that's mm-hmm. happening. It's not like to, you don't want him to tell her you need to do sit-ups. Heck, that's <laughs> that, 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 that Avoid. Good. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow. Job done. Off you go.